Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. We have to catch, we got stuff to talk about. Yes, we do have a lot to talk about, but I'm excited to have Crystal Wagger back, who is an attorney by trade, the mayor of the city of Miami Shores by day, and a wife and mother of two by night and everything in between. So Crystal, Madam Mayor, welcome back to Brit Happens. Hi, Brittany. Thank you for having me. You know, I said this the last one. You're just one of my favorite people. So I'm excited to be here. And thank you for having me back. It means a lot. Likewise. And I was just delighted to get on Crystal's schedule. I'm joking. She was really quick with the, with the response. But me and her were saying offline that the last time we spoke and we released the first part of the podcast was October 2019. And Crystal was one of my first guests. And that podcast episode to this day, no joke, is one of the most popular. So my sister just today, I was talking to her and I was like, guess who I'm interviewing today? And she's like, oh, I love Crystal, ask this and this. And then other friends from back in the day in Miami Shore. So we're excited to have you in this capacity and to speak more. Thank you. Let's get it. Let's get it. So Crystal, right. Back then in 2019, I thought that it was serendipitous that the mayor of Montgomery, Alabama, they had just elected the first African-American mayor, Stephen Reed. I think, isn't that like your cousin or something? No. Well, he was my brother's roommate at Morehouse. (laughs) Oh, okay. This is sounding so black. It's not your cousin. Because I saw some like... Your cousin. He's he's a family member at this point. Yeah. Okay. And then, so I was like, just a couple of weeks ago, St. Louis has its first African-American mayor. And I wanted to know, do, do you guys know each other? Have you spoken to her yet? I did call her. I said, dropped her a note, congratulatory note. And I believe, I want to say Kansas City, another city, has another Black woman mayor okay. for the first time. I could be wrong. I think it's, I, I need to look it up because I need to reach out to her too. But I do not know either of these two women personally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask, very Oprah style, what did you say to them? And then your conversation, like, what advice did you offer? Because I'm super excited about, I'm going to look up the St. Louis as well. So in case that, congratulations to both of you guys. Yes, congratulations to both of them. You know, the, the advice is just do you, be you, but always be pragmatic, thoughtful, and mindful in your, in your leadership. I've often said, and you'll hear me say a lot in speeches, that, you know, women lead differently. Mm-hmm. Two, Black women lead differently. And I, I think the reason that that may be true in my mind, in my opinion, okay, that we, um, you know, we've always been the caregivers, the matriarchs, taking care of everybody. So it's just, it comes sort of naturally. And so I know those two will do a wonderful job. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what they come up with, how they strategize how they move forward with their own uh, communities. I think next week is the African-American conference of mayors or i forgot the acronym tuesday or wednesday so are you heavily involved in that organization now i'm involved i will be attending that it's uh, virtual it's virtual Uh, virtual 
So I will be attending that and I look forward to it because it's really nice to see, you know, us out there doing things. And I, and I, I read somewhere not too long ago that we have the highest number of black mayors in the country of any time in our history, which gives me hope. Right. 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 So I read that, yeah. Doing? Yeah. It's good. So thing. That, that is, it's an exciting and pivotal time. I mean, in light of the verdict at the George Floyd trial and the other historical events that we just spoke about. So it's a lot, but you kind of segue into my, my question I wanted to ask Crystal. You've always been, refreshingly very transparent and people always say they can say what they want but crystal she will tell you how she feels in a very diplomatic and way which is refreshing in miami-dade county so leading a city like miami shores or any municipality you are very vocal about your thoughts i think on civil rights and uh, treatment of, of people with the police so what goes through your mind when you're making posts, for example, on social media, especially in this day and age? How are you still able to express yourself and serve in that capacity? Yeah. So look, first and foremost, I'm honest about it. And, and the way I make it palpable for people who may not understand it is I give examples. I try to give examples as a precursor to anything I say, because, oh, Crystal, you know, you're Crystal, you're that. No, I'm a Black woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. who lived in the in black skin all my life. And let me give you a couple of examples of things that I have experienced that you may not have. And it puts it in perspective for them because you could say it in a vacuum, you know, they don't know these folks on television, da, da, da. And to me, it's, it becomes personal. Right. One, because I have black brothers, black father, black nephews, black children. So I put it in, I try to put it in context. I try to put it in perspective. So you're not surprised by the next thing that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because you're right. I mean, I, I think when I have conversations with some, with some of my friends or colleagues of another complexion, yes. to me, it's insulting to say, well, you're not like them because I'm a Black woman, first and foremost, regardless of whatever capacity I serve in the community. Right. So it's I, I, I respect having a calm conversation just to give examples it doesn't have to be as extreme as being shot which is tragic the microaggressions that we experience that we don't even sometimes realize until we have these sort of conversations so every day every day at least at least four or five times a week depending on where that's a good that's a good week (laughs) yeah that's yeah Yeah. So, right, on to, I guess, something a little more lighthearted. So there was some more history within your city. Crystal, yeah. you all just, I don't, do you all call it the inauguration or the swearing-in ceremony? Yeah, the swearing-in ceremony uh, this past Tuesday. We did. We did. And right. I'm proud to say that um, we now have a majority-run city council for the city of my, or the village of Miami Shores. And it, again, has never been done. And we're about to, I think we're in 89 year history of being incorporated. So it's, it's new, it's, it's, it's unheard of, but I'm very proud of my community for participating in this election and voting for the people that they think would uh, ultimately represent them in the best fashion possible. Right. And it's going to be three, well, two black women and a, and a gentleman, a Jewish gentleman who's an attorney who also just happens to be a part of the LGBTQ community. So we have now four women total and one gentleman. So this, this is going to be interesting. And it's, <laughs> it's a new path for Miami Shores. 
I know a lot of people were shocked, but one of the things that I often tell people is Barack Obama always said, you know, we are the change we are looking for, right? So you don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. If you think you have a voice, put yourself out there. And it's tough to put yourself out there, but if if you're interested in leading in a municipal or governmental capacity or any way you lead, we are the ones we are looking for. So I'm so glad that these folks threw their name into the hat. And now this is what we have. So I look forward to working with them, all of them. I'm excited too. And Crystal's being humble in the sense <laughs> I feel like she definitely was the trailblazer. And I think I know made people feel like not only more comfortable, but it was very palpable and probable that this could happen. There was some doubt. Like I said, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not the same Miami Shore as when I grew up there and went to Miami Shores Elementary, but I'm really excited about the future. So let me say this, look, it's not lost on me that this transition has happened in a short period of two years, right? We went from zero to a hundred real quick, right? Like, hey, Drake. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But what I would say is, Me putting myself out there to run for office in this particular community, what I'm proud of is that it did allow for people to say, hmm, you know, if she can do it, maybe I should attempt to do it or try or or put, you know, put myself out there. That that does make me proud because I want, you know, if you I don't want people to feel muted. Right. And I want to make sure that this community feels feels uh, well represented. I can't lie. I am very proud. (laughs) I am. Okay, good. I feel like sometimes you, a lot of times, downplay your impact and influence, and I'm not going to allow that on Great Happens. It's too, oh. too, you're going to toot your horn for these 20 minutes. So let's, <laughs> let's go on. So Crystal, from the time when you and I last spoke on this platform, you had just began your term. So mm-hmm. much has happened in between. Obviously, we're still navigating through a global pandemic. Hopefully this time next year, the narrative will change. But what would you say were your top two challenges serving as the leader in the midst of COVID-19? Look, it's my top one challenge, which was working with the village and the administration and most importantly, the residents to navigate the pandemic, a a, a global pandemic, Mm -hmm. one we haven't seen in a hundred years where you don't have a playbook. There was no playbook, Brittany. You know what I mean? There was no... Like, this is how this works, you know, when people go outside and you can There was no playbook, right? right. So there were all these moving parts and the governor put in an executive order. So this was the first time he put any governor, quite frankly, but our governor had an executive order, which gave me executive powers. And that meant that making sure that funding, uh, which was being allocated, funneled down to Miami Shores, we have a small village, but we have needs. We had a business community that was just on the precipice of being, you know, just we had all these wonderful things coming in and wanted to make sure they were up and running and we're going to be able to continue to be running. So we had to get creative, right? Incentive right. programs, uh, making sure that they were able to serve outside, uh, making sure that delivery was up and running. But also, you know, making sure people had information. Mm-hmm. That was so important. People wanted to feel included and updated. What about schools? Mm-hmm. Can we go to the park? What's the deal with these masks? How do they work? Uh, how do we get tested? Which right. tests work the best? Uh, where do we get tested? How often can we get tested? Again, back to why do we have to wear these masks? Working with 
the senior members of our community to make sure we, they were being checked on relentlessly, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that they felt safe, right? Making sure the community overall felt safe. But as we heard in the beginning, it was seniors in our elderly community that was being heavily affected. So making sure that community was taken care of, making sure those folks who were on the front lines, people who couldn't sit at home and zoom into work, mm -hmm. right? They had to get out there and, and drive the buses or be nurses or go work at Publix, you know, be, uh, they had to go to work every day, right? right? Making sure that they were aware, making sure that they knew that they were cared about, knocking on doors. I mean, there were a few times I was just knocking on, hey, y'all good? Hey, it's Crystal. Okay. Are you good? Do you need anything? You know, mobilizing my community to make sure that everybody felt like we were working in their best interest mm -hmm. during such an, an unprecedented, challenging time. That that was my that was because, my mandate. Okay, and pretty much what I did, what I set out to do. And by the way, you forget about the people that whose children aren't at school, right? Wi-Fi connectivity. That's do they even have a laptop? you know, or a computer to work from. Just sort of making sure that those among us felt safe and cared for and informed. That was my task. And I set out to do it as best I could because I also had to stay safe too, keep my family safe. I had for a few months, my girls were home. But you know what? Let me tell you something. My four-year-old, her school, who did a, doing a great job. Shouts out to my church Presbyterian. But she wasn't going to sit at this computer all day. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no. I gave her one week, which meant I then had to occupy her time too. Right. And the school felt good enough to open. So it was, it was, it was a balancing act, and I and I learned a lot about leadership in the crisis because mm -hmm. it was a crisis, and it still is a crisis. Still right? is a crisis. No playbook. You became a frontline worker. I was going to ask, how often were you out? You you were out there, like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, a lot. Okay. You're Too like, much my husband's taste, but I was like, well, I signed up for this. And so I got to finish what I started. Right. I have to be visible. I have to be present. And this is what leadership looks like in the face of these things. You can't just sit at home and turtle. You got to be out there. So I did the best I could. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not going to win everybody over. There was some rum. Oh, I, we haven't seen Crystal. No, because there's a pandemic. I haven't seen you either. I, I, I haven't seen you either. So, and it's okay, right? So totally okay. I mean, I feel like, and I'm not saying this just because you're my friend. You want to, there are some people who weren't knocking on doors, checking on people. So you have to protect yourself first, like the cliche with the airplane, make sure your mask is on before everyone else's. Right. You can't have you go down, then what? That's a real, that's a real pandemic. So <laughs> no. So you're still navigating through. And right, that's another challenge with the kids at home. So it, it just depends on how blessed people's home situations are, whether it's having Wi-Fi or childcare. I have some friends, we do like a weekly Zoom. I feel so bad. She just had a baby. She has a four-year-old and there's no help. It's, it's a hot mess. Sorry. And you can't presume things about it, everybody. So, right. you know, you just have to go out there and, and make it known that you care. And I try to do like weekly messages you know via my social media and give updates and reports and yeah right. and also you know policy and legislation and, and everything else that you that 
yeah. you signed up for before knowing that March 2020 was down the pipeline. But you're doing an amazing job. I've heard awesome things about the work that you're doing, Crystal. So I'm just like, everyone is proud of you. Those those outliers, I don't know. But it's okay. You're going to have them. You can't please everyone. So That's right. That's right. And I can't be worried about it. So like you were saying before in the other response, so the, the business Northeast 2nd, that was really beginning to like bust out and then this happened. So how are things being revitalized? Like, what is it like now? Well, listen, first of all, you know, we're fortunate because we're in South Florida. So the weather is conducive to, uh, you can be a little bit more creative. Right. And conducive to outdoor seating. So we changed some ordinances here where people were able to have outdoor seating. And now it's permanent. And well, it's permanent. Okay. Before it wasn't even in existence. So we made sure folks could eat outside. Uh, we made sure that we could have live music, you know, just to give people some ambiance. We kept the streets Immaculate, but what happened was we got actually two, three, four new businesses, two of which are new restaurants. We got a new cafe. Oh, within the last one? We got a Carrot Express. Okay, okay. Yeah, we got it going on. We had, we, <laughs> we got, we started the, the natural food uh, restaurant, uh, the vegan restaurant, started doing co ops with fresh vegetables. You go pick them up. Okay. So we, we tried to accommodate. Mm-hmm. the needs of businesses there and it, it's worked out and I, it gives me great pleasure to drive through there and see people milling them out now we have more work to do mm-hmm. right but we were able to sustain it right and I'm really really proud my co- my my council members and I working together to find a way to sustain those businesses they're all still in business all of it so that's an accolade to celebrate in itself okay yeah yeah, so it's it's doing well. And I think we have a couple more business. I'm not sure what they are, don't ask me right now, coming in okay in a few months. But it's still there and, and you I'm should come over here and have some salad with me. I would love to. I was gonna say I'm gonna have to check it out. Normally if I'm driving around, I'll stop at that Starbucks. And I I don't know if this falls under your jurisdiction. The outside of the post office looks better, but the inside looks like how it was when I was six. Like is that how's the feds. You gotta okay, talk to that's what I was thinking, but yeah, because everything else. But anyway, the mail still gets there on time, whether it's our post office, right? Like our mailmen and women, the people picking up our trash and recycling. Every you know, they were out here doing it. So I tried to commend them. My mail lady, she's so done with me. I'm like, girl, we gotta be clapping for. Her. We have a little conversation, make her laugh, just making sure that they felt appreciated. You know what I mean? That's it. That's a lot of these people for grant, whether it's the, the, the Uber Eats or the Instacarts, the mail, just stuff that we use a lot. Than we, right. So yeah, I increased my tip during that time because I said, please don't stop. Well, you should still be increasing your tip because we're still <laughs> in Canada. No shame, but just consider, you know, doing right. it additional right tip. continue on right not just yeah. because things are beginning to normalize a little bit so. yeah yeah um, thank, thank you for checking me crystal y'all oh, I did. <laughs> it's coming from a place of love you know so you're right place. you're right okay. that was the challenge the business district is thriving no everyone stayed in business i'm definitely going to check out the new restaurants Share with us some of the, maybe a couple of exciting projects that are in the pipeline. 
that we can look forward to in Miami Shorts? I think we should just be looking forward to coming down the pike, you know, some rejuvenation mm-hmm. of buildings that are here. Okay. Um, uh, one of my colleagues put in a walking path, which is great, um, in all four corridors, because people think of Miami Shores as east of Biscayne, but there's actually central shores where all of our businesses are located. There's the west shores. So we have a walking path that sort of now connects. Okay. Proud of. Um, and it wasn't me, but it was one of my former colleagues on the council. But um, we've, we've got some restoration to do in these uh, like the assets that we have here. Um, we have a bay community. There's going to be some updates to okay. the public park that's down on the bay, which I, I'm excited about. I'm not going to talk about Ooh, it. Wait, like, that, I think it was on 94. Oh, that, that, that um, park. Yes. Oh, so oh my God. It's okay. coming soon. And just looking forward to um, getting this community, moving it forward, right? We have, su- we have a record number of construction mm-hmm. uh, projects happening here for residents. People are building uh, houses left and right. People are renovating left and right. We've got people moving here from all over the United States. It's, it's a very exciting time here in the Shores because, like I said last time, we are so centrally located. We are urban, mm-hmm. close to downtown, airports, all those things. So it makes it an attractive residential neighborhood if that's what you're looking for. So right. we've got a lot going on. And Great school. The school. In addition to the location. So it's it's definitely a very coveted family suburban place to live. So it's urban suburban. We're not oh, in- oh, urban suburban. Yes. Surrounded okay. by urban communities. We are an urban community. Okay. But I'm really excited to see this park because we used to just climb the trees because there was nothing else there but the old green benches. And like I know you're not supposed to go down on the rocks, but that was fun. So yeah, we put a we put railing up for that. Oh the, well, we into the, the bay. <laughs> uh, I think the trees are gone too. But look, okay. But look, there'll, there'll be some things there coming in the in the near future that when they come, I'm gonna text you. Please do. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll bring my nieces and nephews. That's yeah. Really yes. Yeah. So, Crystal, every with all the exciting things going on and and you know what you're doing, what would you like? your legacy to be when you, I mean, no one stays at Miami Shores or any city forever. So when it's all said and done, what would you like your legacy to be? I think just as a consensus builder, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who took the time to listen to everyone, even if I didn't agree, took the time to take the ideas of the community and seriously take a look at them to see if those ideas are beneficial, how how should we implement them? Mm Building consensus, because as you know, this community has is going through, you know, a change. Uh, it's coming into the future. And so it was really important to me, and I, and I hope I've done a good job, and I hope I'm doing a good job, of making sure that everyone's voice matters. Mm-hmm. Everyone's voice matters and has the same weight. And so if that's my legacy, then, then, I, I, would, then I would have done my job. Um, because I think in the past, I don't think everybody thought that their voice had the same weight, let alone thought that anybody was even listening to them, right? Right. Uh, so we don't have to agree, but at least let me feel like I'm being heard and considered. Uh, in a, but in a meaningful, thoughtful way, not right. just lip service, not just 
looking at you and blanking out, but actually absorbing what you're saying, because it's probably important. It may not be important to someone down the street, but it's important to you that it's worth listening to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you never know what sort of ideas could come from those conversations. Right. Beneficial that could be to our overall community. One of the things I did was I implemented our first ever resiliency committee. Okay. uh, Sustainability committee, because we are on the Bay. Mm-hmm. We have a very lush community and we're going to have some issues. We've got septic to sewer issues to deal with. And we have such smart residents with, with great knowledge on this. I don't claim to be an expert on that. So you find people that are, bring them together mm-hmm. in the hopes of them bringing us possible solutions, grant opportunities, whatever that looks like. So we put that committee together. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that too. Oh, but that, again, listening to our residents. Right. That probably cuts down on consultant fees too. Okay, Crystal, this is the portion, and we did a fire round before. I don't remember all of your responses, so I'm going to swap it up where I just ask you something and you shoot out the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, boy. Okay, let's do it. I got to move into that. What's the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? Conditioner, hair conditioner. Okay. Can you share? I mean, this is not an endorsement, but can you share? What's your favorite brand? Like, what do you like? Well, direct leave-in conditioner for my hair. That's what I direct leave-in because it leaves your hair soaked. But you know what works good as good as VO, uh, what is that, VO5, VO1? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, what works that well? It works just as good as an expensive bottle of direct leave-in conditioner. Can you name some of your mentors? I feel like you're a mentor to a lot of people, but who who do you look at as a mentor for you? So Alex Pinellas, I, I, I would put him in one of my mentor boxes. I would look at Al Cardenas, certainly. Mm-hmm. Taught me a lot in my younger days as a <laughs> obvious Audrey Edmondson, one of my mentors. She's the reason sort of I I became manager of El Portal when I was their city manager. She's been a good person for me to run things by and, and get some good advice from. I don't know. Those would be the top three oh, oh. that I would mention off the top okay. of my head. Yeah. And speaking of Alex, he, I saw that he was very supportive when your community came up with the idea to have a peaceful, I don't know if it was a protest or demonstration, the march. Yeah. You talk, right. I, I, I meant to talk about that before, but when you mentioned him, <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, I saw him there. So he was, he's very supportive. I'm, I'm very grateful to him for that. Our community decided that it was important that we show support for the movement because it wasn't a moment, it's a movement, right? Mm-hmm. The movement around the, the murder, not the de- the murder of George Floyd. And we had a, a peaceful rally where we walked from downtown all the way to over to the community center and had several speakers. And, and, and let me tell you, that was a proud moment. Wow. So we had every cross section of our community there. I had to give a speech and I was so nervous, but you know me, I was going to be myself. Yes. So I knew it was going to be a little fiery, a little straight up, but we just had, we had a lot of people show up. Mm-hmm. You know, of course you had people in our community say, oh, we, we don't want that. What if they riot? Ain't nobody going to riot. And I don't even know what you're talking about because, you know, the media wanted to hone in on that just that piece of it across the country. And what I saw across the country was a coalition of people coming together for a common cause, mm-hmm. right? And that cause was against police brutality, something that in our community has been going on for decades. And, and we're used to it, you know, and, and, and now to have a cross coalition of people who are now aware 
who actually care and want to help us do something about it was a big deal. So we had a rally. It was packed and it was a hot day, but I couldn't have been proud of our community for coming together and actually approaching me to do it. We would love to do this rally. What do we need to do to make it happen? I said, here here are the steps you should take. And if you get those steps done, if you're serious about it, I'll come out and support. It was incredible. It really was. I was really proud that day. I was going to say that should be definitely in your top three most proud moments. Yeah, it should be. Historic and the fact that the community came to you versus it being something that you're... I'll tell you a funny story, though. And, and, And I don't mean, no, this is a little bit of shame. But when that happened, we had our council meeting uh-huh. and um, I thought it would be the right thing to do to acknowledge the civil unrest that was happening in mm-hmm. our country. And I thought it would be uh, appropriate to acknowledge George Floyd and his family. And quite frankly, several of the others that have died at the hands of, of police brutality. Many others. And so I made my piece and then I paused for comment from my council. And so when you talk about the challenges, you know, I don't want to point fingers, but it was deathly silent, mm-hmm. which was a little uncomfortable and a little unnerving, a little disappointing. But I will tell you, in between that moment in the rally, all those folks that chose not to speak up did show up for the rally. So I think we changed some hearts and minds along the way. Some people showed up, but that's why I said in the beginning, which I think I and a lot of other people respect so much about you, that you're not afraid to speak up. So many people are, it's a shame that for something that's so obvious and blatant, that you're, you still have to process a cost benefit. What's going to be the backlash if I speak up for something that's clearly wrong versus me not saying anything at all to keep the support of others that also agree is mind boggling to me how that's even a, a something that you have to think about. A long time ago, I decided I was just going to speak my truth and what my truths are. And to see people around our country and around the world, quite frankly, rally together around this issue, an issue that, again, I can't reiterate enough, that we are very, have been very familiar with throughout our lives and our parents and their parents and it goes way back. Uh, to be silent on that is negligent to me. And for me to have been silent on that, it, Why? I mean, it's, it's, it's a personal thing, but also it's, it's, a, it's an epidemic. It's a social issue. Right. Uh, it's traumatizing. That's the other thing. It's traumatizing. And so I'm going to say something about it. And if you don't like it, I mean, you're not being honest with yourself. Right. So I felt it necessary and, and I wasn't going to back down from that. And did I think about, well, gosh, if I say something and then if I show up at this rally and do this speech, I mean, how's this going to reflect in my tenure here as mayor. And I didn't think about that. I thought I have something to say. I want to say it and I'm going to say it. And, and I may say some things that people find uncomfortable. Uh, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. And they were all right. It's nothing that you're saying that's attack. It's, it's literally speaking the facts. It's just bringing to light things that, like you said, you and oh. I we have brothers, dads, uh, uncles that we've experienced our entire lives. To the forefront. So I'm, I'm happy that the light was shown and people are beginning to try to be supportive. So that's some. You don't sound convinced, but they are. Some people are trying. You don't sound convinced. This, this convinced. is my thing. I, I, I appreciate the, the display of support, yep. whether it's in a form of a, a rally or demonstration. 
just just realistically for, for me, I, I need to see something sustainable. And it's a shame that it has to take a tragic event, you know, like we'll go and then it'll be like three weeks, late, not even like with the most recent, unfortunate. It was one last night, I think. I don't know. It's without sounding jaded because you want to be positive. But then yeah. it's like clearly something is missing because it continues to, ha- to happen. So people can be supportive all they want, but it doesn't solve the problem. We can't solve the problem, Brittany. You or I, that your is- family, my family, it is going to take people that don't look like us, white people, to step up to help to solve this problem, to be vocal and acknowledge that it's there, one, two, figure out what the issues are, and three, take real genuine steps to move us in a positive direction, in a meaningful direction, right. because we're we cycle. Again, this, this this type of thing hasn't been happening in the you know in the last two years. Uh, where were you then? You are in rooms, you know. You you all get to be in rooms that I sometimes are. You know, we're not in. Mm-hmm. And I know people say stuff. You know, people say stuff of course. that they wouldn't say in front of you or I. So I think that you have an obligation if you don't look like me or you to speak up when you hear people saying things that are racist, that are bigoted, that have no basis in fact. And yeah, you might get ridiculed. You might have to do a little debate. But but that to me tells me that you're actually trying and that you care. Right. Because we take these blows every day saying things that make people uncomfortable. You try it and see how it feels. Put the shoe on mm-hmm. and speak up on behalf of those who aren't privy to those conversations or those of us who aren't in that room. Right. Uh, then we can start making a difference because you start calling people out on their nonsense and their foolishness. So I, I think those are all important lessons. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you know, we'll always keep fighting and, and we want to welcome allies and we need allies, but we also need our allies to continue to step up to the challenge and speak out. Right. So we have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yeah. My, my face, you, you read my face properly. But you're absolutely correct. We need the help when we're not invited to those rooms and we're not at the dinner table or any other, you know, situation where I can't defend. It's not even my obligation to have to always carry the burden of having to defend Black people or Black women. So you're right. It's it's a work in progress. But I, I do feel like the needle's moving a little bit. I don't think this is something that's going to be solved in 5, 10, 20 years. It's been ingrained in our society for hundreds of years. But at least when we pass the baton on to our, hopefully, our future offspring and yours, it won't be as heavy as a load that you you have to carry. So that's... So that's another thing you hit on. Like, I'm raising girls, right? And my girls, they need to be strong. I mean, I'm not going to have it any other way if I can help it. No, you don't. You don't have it now. Well, and I... I want them to see what leadership looks like, right? It's about being diplomatic. It's about being careful, thoughtful, and mindful for others who cannot speak out on behalf of themselves. But, you know, for a lot of different reasons there, I need them to be strong and cognizant of how they should move around in this world. One, two, I've been having these discussions with some mom friends of mine who don't look like me. And they're like, oh, how do you talk to your girls? about what's happening in the world. I said, well, we, I just talk about it. What, right, right. Well, how do you talk about George Floyd? I said, the, the police officer murdered that black man. Let's talk about it. I don't have time to sugarcoat it. Right. I know they're young. 
but they'll go through life differently from some other folks. So I tried to be as upfront and candid with them as I am with everything else. Now, I may not be as blunt yet. Right. You know, I get a little older, but I am upfront about it. I'm not dancing around any topics. Mm-hmm. If they bring it up, we're going to talk about it and we're going to have a real and honest conversation because when something happens to them or somebody around them, I don't want them to be shocked. And I don't want them to feel like they're muted, like they can't say and speak up. Right. I want them to be prepared because the, the world is, is can be a cruel place. It so. is a very cruel place. So, yeah, you're right. There should be no sugarcoating because when it does come to them, it won't be sugarcoated. No. And I think, like you alluded to, they see such a strong and impactful leader in their mom. And knowing that she's a no-nonsense but loving person still, like, they're they're going to respect that and also carry that same. I already sense, I mean, I haven't interacted with them, obviously, as much as you have. But just based on these pictures, I, I can feel that vibe through the screen. So you're doing an excellent job. You and Kirk. I can't, I have to give him credit, too. We instill a lot of very strong and hopefully meaningful values in them. So hopefully when you talk about we've got the needles moving forward a little bit, Mm -hmm. hopefully through the next generation and the generation after that, if if we're doing it right, they'll keep moving it even further along. Right. And that's that's all. I mean, whether it's business or social issues, if if I can look back when I do my six or 12 month look back and feel like, all right, we we're progressing, not taking three steps back. Cause sometimes I, I feel like that's what our world is coming to. Then I'll feel better. But anywho, I know we interrupted fire round, but that was a very important segue. We did interrupt the fire round. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. This was actually, this was, this was better. So last two questions, Crystal. Ready. If you had a 100% chance of succeeding, what would you attempt to do? I'd run for president. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you had an 85% chance of succeeding, would you still run for president? I'm getting somewhere here, people. Yes, I would consider it. Oh! <laughs> but don't mark my words. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just Kamala's up there. Like, I just feel like that would be something fun to do. Something fun, effective. <laughs> the same way that the council people, like you were blazing the trail, see? Yeah. That's why it's so exam- so important to not sugarcoat things, let people know right. everything. It sounds really corny and cliche, but I feel like I'm... Mean, when I see people in positions or doing things that I want to do that look like me, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, I'm not a low self-esteem person, but still to see something makes it just that much more tangible. And yeah. I think it's really important. So so don't come bother me with that. It's, it has a little oh, no, that, that was going to be the highlight reel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to bother you and everybody else. The crystal ball will really be lit. That'd be popping. It would be, you know, I love a party. Like if I were Oprah. Right. Okay. I had resources. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just think I would just try to, I, I have, I'm a very empathetic person. So I'd probably try to like feed everybody, like make sure. And I'm talking about in this country. You can feed people in the capacity of president. I know, but I would like to like make sure everybody, everybody's needs are met. That everybody can enjoy the value of a good education. You know, maybe put a few kids through college. Whatever that looks like, if I had 100% passing to get that done, I would jump in with both feet. I feel like I wish everybody had the same opportunity mm-hmm. because there's so many families and kids and folks out there who, if they had the same opportunities, you never know what they could have come. Right. 
if the know. playing field was level just on any something as basic as like you mentioned kids not having laptops it, it sometimes makes me feel like I'm complaining about just certain things are everyday life and I'm like I know that I have an air-conditioned place to come back to and working wi-fi and some people they don't so yes you were right have it. they don't have it and think about all the scientists that are out there you know thinking about all the doctors that are out there think about all the astronauts that are out there that are untapped right now because they right. don't have the resources. Right. If we would level, then you could level the playing field, right? right? It wouldn't be so rare to see a Latino woman as a the first astronaut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So, I mean, I follow accounts like Essence or other Black Enterprise and stuff like that, and then you'll see, for example, even in your position, and then everyone claps and puts little emojis underneath the pictures, and Obviously, I'm excited and I feel pride being a Black woman, whether it's with, with the Starbucks or uh, any of these other corporate boards. But then when I sit back and realize that we're in 2021, I want to celebrate and not sound Debbie Downer. Right. But it's still so sad. And then I'm also like, there's still so much opportunity. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are when you see these headlines. I, I think what you're saying is we're in 2021 and we're still doing first, Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's troubling to me. We have lots more work to do, but it does give me hope. I mean, remember, I think I'm one of the first generations that after the civil rights movement, you know, I got to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. That's me. And, and you know, I, so we're not that far away from it. So we're going to still see some first. So we have a lot of work to do. It, it saddens me a little bit but it makes me happy that we keep breaking down these barriers. And we, listen, we're going to keep doing it. They're mm-hmm. not going to stop us now. We're, we've got the momentum. I hope it keeps going. Right. So what, what did that have to do with Essence Magazine? Though? It's more likely to see the headline read first Black woman in Essence than, I mean, I follow Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all the other mm-hmm. outlets, but I'm just saying that's yeah. the draw for. Yeah, I mean, we're still doing it. And, and th- this is why I was talking about Jet Magazine because in Jet Magazine, <laughs> I was talking to, they would give you snippets of black what what black folks were doing across the country. And positive. It was it was yes. we don't all positive. It's Wonderful. gossip or a killing. And I want to be informed, but I do think that's why I stopped following certain accounts. I yep. know like for my mental health, it's like, and I shouldn't know who's the one who's the guy, famous poet that said to be black in America and like if you're aware, you'll constantly be enraged. What's the guy? James Baldwin? Yes, that's the thing. So it's like, I want to be aware, but I miss those. It's kind of, it was like the Black Miami Today. Like, I love the Miami Today publication. So, yeah, it was James Bond who said that. This was amazing, Crystal. If people want to find you online, you mentioned social media. What's your handle? So remember last time you asked me that, I was like, girl, I don't know. So you can find me at Mrs. Wagger on Twitter. You can find me at Crystal for the Shores on Instagram. And you can find me at Crystal for the Shores on Facebook. Those are my three social media outlets. And I don't know, I do this thing called Keeping It Crystal Clear once a week, where we talk about issues of the day. And sometimes I'm highlighting people doing wonderful things in my community. This last week, we had on um, a doctor to talk about getting the, sh- getting the vaccine. Wait, so she- do, wait, that's your podcast, right? Is it a podcast? I mean, I guess. Because... I remember, I 
realize it was a podcast until I saw Melissa Netkin on there and I it was a podcast so I was like oh my god I saw you on the podcast so wait it's not a podcast I mean I guess it's a podcast it's a little talk show I don't know yeah it's it's a talk show it's yes Facebook live and then we put it up across okay it's a podcast and we had this sister on this doctor from the University of Miami talking about breaking down the vaccine and all the myths behind it and why it's important and helping folks understand the genesis of COVID and how, you know, it was amazing. Um, so we try to be informative. You should check her out. She was, okay. she was amazing though. She just laid out, we talked about the myths and us not wanting to get the shots and why we didn't want to get the shots and the difference between, in fact, there's no difference, but why people thought that there was a discrepancy between Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson. Well, I mean, well, we know why with the Johnson and Johnson. I mean, I mean, because they. But you know what? I did buy some shares of Johnson and Johnson because I knew, and it's about. Thank you, Johnson. And, I mean, I don't like the blood clots, but anyway, yes, you're right. Only six people now, Crystal. And yes. you have to answer this question personally. What What is your in your family? Are Are you guys Johnson, Moderna, Pfizer, or immune system? Oh, no, no, no. We, we got Pfizer. We got Pfizer. Oh, They're not the immune system up in here. Although we got lots of extra vitamins. Okay. But um, we are <laughs> Pfizer. Thank you okay. for asking. I was going to say, especially with you and your capacity and just interacting with so many people. I mean, but they're all effective. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. even if they stayed home and never left, you come in and out of it. Like, you. Yeah. Not that I, you, but I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Again, thank you so much. This was amazing as always. Um, I I am following up with you on our um, date. Yes, we have to have our date soon. More than salad, but I'll check out the salads, the carrot. (laughs) I like carrot express near me, so I'll check out the other to see if the. Check it out. Check out. We also have two black owned restaurants in the shore. Really? We have Cote de Gourmet. Okay. Uh, Amina, Chef Amina makes amazing meals. Okay. Uh, and, and she will make them to order if you give her enough time. Okay. Uh, she's amazing, amazing, amazing. So it's a French fusion restaurant. She is African. She was trained in the in the Sorbonne and she uh, fuses it. It's just, it's French it's really food. Good. Okay. So good. And then uh, we have Smoothie King. Smoothie King. Oh, but it has a, a fran- the franchisee is melanated. Oh, that's uh, cool. Okay. Yes. And so we try to support him and all you know he's employed a lot of folks so okay. you can check them out and the food it's health food too so it's really good okay it's not so crazy it could happen it's not crazy it could happen you know i wouldn't be able to tell you when or how we can get that done i mean okay. I, I don't want to i don't want to make anything up for the sake okay. of okay all right anywho Thank you, Crystal. With the Thank you, children. pretty. I love you. I'll see you soon. Yes, Thank definitely. you for having me back. I hope I hope uh, you have a great rest of the week. I will. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com. And on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.